podcast number 10 for Thanks for Your Service. I'm David Hall. Thanks for Your Service is a news and information resource and its focus is on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net. You can also email us at info at thanksforyourservice.net. In this podcast, we head to Cowra to speak to Lawrence Ryan, who is going to tell us about the largest prison escape of World War II, and it's known as the Cowra Breakout. Lawrence is the media officer for the Cowra Breakout Association and joins us now. Lawrence, many thanks for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Lovely to have the opportunity to talk to you. Can we start off by explaining what is the Cowra Breakout? Uh, the Cowra Breakout is the largest military prison breakout in world history. Uh, it's uh, the story of uh, how on the 5th of August 1944, 1,104 Japanese prisoners of war uh, attempted a mass breakout from the camp, which was on the outskirts of uh, the town of Cowra. Uh, the ensuing um, melee was the only land battle fought on Australian soil during the Second World War. Uh, and resulted in the death of 231 Japanese prisoners of war, uh, four Australian uh, guards, or four, three guards and a, an instructor at the nearby military training camp, the wounding of 107 uh, Japanese POWs, um, eight Australian uh, military personnel from the POW camp, and the escape into the surrounding countryside of a further 334 Japanese prisoners of war that uh, were recaptured over the ensuing nine days. And what prompted the breakout? Uh, the breakout came about for a couple of reasons. The first reason was that the Japanese prisoners of war had a, uh, had a great uh, hatred of being prisoners. As far as they were concerned, they were the first Japanese who had um, been captured in battle. The rest had either died you know, in the fighting or had successfully uh, won a battle. So for them, there was a great shame under the Japanese military code uh, which said that you should uh, die rather than ever be taken prisoner by the enemy. Uh, the immediate trigger for the breakout was the fact that the camp, um, while the Kara is well known for the Japanese story, the Japanese only occupied one compound at the camp, one quarter of it, and uh, there were an increasing number being captured in um, in the New Guinea area. And what happened was that the camp had reached overflowing point. And so the decision was made to transfer uh, all uh, Japanese military personnel uh, below the rank of Lance Corporal to the camp at Hay, which is 400 kilometres west of Kara. The Japanese uh, didn't want to be separated. Uh, to them, the, the Japanese military system always said that the, that the private soldier was basically commanded by officers or NCOs. And as a result, uh, they, there was that loss of, of connection between those NCOs and officers and the men and uh, a decision was made, it was made in the actual uh, compounds themselves uh, to uh, break out rather than face that, uh, that decision of splitting the, the camp up and having the private soldiers taken away to, uh, to Hay. And at the time of the actual breakout, did it make news or was it censored? It was heavily censored. It did certainly uh, make the news insofar as sort of references to the fact that 
um, I suppose there was an, an incident in country New South Wales initially it was said then uh, about a week later they said it was a carer but it wasn't until after the end of the Second World War that the full details came out and those uh, those details I think horrified a, a lot of people uh, not so much the people of Cowra who had a rough idea of what had happened by the by the huge amount of activity that they'd seen around the camp the fact that there was Japanese prisoners of war out in the surrounding countryside uh, also was a pretty good uh, giveaway that something unusual had happened but you know if you were in a in an area around Cowra who had heard the basic story to think that this major battle had taken place so close to home uh, it must have been a big shock for the people of, uh, of regional New South Wales, that's for sure. And why was Cowra selected for the camp? Okay, well, um, Cowra was one of 28 uh, prisoner of war and internment camps that were in Australia during the Second World War. Uh, Cowra and Hay were initially the two camps selected to hold Japanese prisoners of war. Uh, the guidelines were that the camps had to be in southern Australia, uh, they had to be inland, they had to have good road and rail transport and good facilities and, and both Cowra and Hay had those, uh, had those prerequisites and as a result the decision was made to, uh, to house the Japanese prisoners of war here uh, at Cowra and also at Hay. Uh, initially of course the Cowra camp hadn't uh, been opened with the idea of holding Japanese prisoners of war. The Cowra camp had originally opened to hold Italian prisoners of war who had been captured in North Africa. But of course, then Japan came into the war about six months after the time that the camp had actually opened, and those decisions were made to, to I suppose, to a relatively isolated area in Care and Hay, move the Japanese prisoners of war so that they were away from any potential, I always think, invasion. Even though they'll tell you that there was no plan to have a Brisbane line, I think there was a fear that there would be a Japanese invasion, and that invasion would either come down from the north or perhaps from the coast around the Sydney, Newcastle, Wollongong areas. And as a result, Care and Hay ended up as holding the, uh, the prisoners of war after the Care breakout had occurred and so much damage was done to the Japanese compound at Care. Um, they had to ship the Japanese uh, soldiers away anyway. They moved to Hay. Hay overflowed as a result. And as a result of that, uh, some of the Japanese prisoners of war ended up being held down at Tatura, which is uh, near Shepparton in Victoria. And in terms of the actual physical location of the camp, where was it and is there anything left today to see? Yeah, look, uh, the camp was at the time uh, just outside the, uh, the, uh, the area of Cowra to the, uh, to the northeast of the, t of the town. Now it's almost uh, right on the edge of the residential areas in town. Uh, it was the buildings that were in the camp were sold off at a major auction in 1947 when the camp was finally disbanded. And uh, it went back to farmland from for the best part of, I suppose, 45, almost 50 years. Then um, council here in Cowra realised that the, uh, it was a significant military heritage site and began to interpret it over the last, I suppose, seven or eight years now. That interpretation has proceeded at, uh, at a very fast pace with funding provided by the federal, state uh, governments in addition to Cowra Council. And as a result, I describe it now as the best presented military heritage parkland anywhere in Australia. Uh, there's sealed cycleways and pathways through the garrison area of the camp. There's uh, granite pathways within the compounds themselves. There's a replica guard tower that has a, a solar-powered sound system that tells the, the six-year history of the camp, not just the one day of the breakout. And uh, also there's, there's around about 35 um, coloured interpretive signs 
placed throughout the camp and the garrison area at the correct positions where particular events occurred. So using army ordnance maps, they identified, for example, where Hardy and Jones, the men who were killed while manning the Vickers machine gun, would have been positioned. Well, using those maps and GPS coordinates, the sign for that particular incident is right at that spot. The same with where the two warning shots were fired to alert the uh, garrison battalion that the uh, that the prisoners of war were breaking out. So, yeah, from my perspective, and uh, I've been to a number of, of military heritage areas over the time, I would say definitely the best interpreted military heritage parkland. And because it is heritage listed, there's a limit to what can be rebuilt on the site. So it will always be a parkland, but it certainly does represent the story of the Cowra breakout very well. And I understand one of the former Australian guards recently passed away as well. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, the uh, the chap who passed away uh, was Ron Ferguson. Now, Ron was a man who was very heavily involved with the Cowra breakout. Um, he was the camp bugler at the prisoner of war camp. Uh, he was involved in uh, the breakout itself, the search for prisoners of war uh, who had escaped into the surrounding countryside. But uh, he was also uh, subsequently involved in in uh, taking Japanese prisoners of war back from Australia to Japan um, at the end of the Second World War. Uh, Ron was a, a fellow who kept coming back to Cowra to to be involved in breakout commemorative activities. He became a member of the Breakout Association and subsequently a president of the Breakout Association. But I suppose from a Cowra perspective, what Ron was best known for was that to many local school students, he and a, a couple of the other fellows were were the face of the Cowra breakout because they used to visit the schools. And I was only thinking, I, I used to accompany Ron and uh, Maury Miles and uh, and Lionel Brimble, the other two fellows who used to come and very regularly to Cowra, to the schools. And I was only thinking today that I would have been to probably between 20 and 30 school visits with, with Ron over the years. And it was only when he became uh, uh, incapable of sort of travelling from Sydney and he lived uh, lived in Sydney all his life, um, when he became incapable of coming up to uh, to Cowra for health reasons, he and his wife, that uh, he stopped uh, stopped those visits, and that was probably around about five years ago now. But in the period that I was involved with the Breakout Association, from twenty uh, from two thousand and three up until when Ron stopped coming around five years ago, I think between twenty and thirty times I would have accompanied on him on school visits, and uh, and yeah, his his storytelling was particularly good. Can you tell us more about the association and where can people go to find out more about it? Yeah, the association, it it's had a couple of sort of um, styles. It began firstly very much as a an organisation for uh, actual veterans who had been involved in the breakout and their immediate family. And as that number decreased, there became, a, I suppose, a, a realisation that for the breakout association to continue, it had to change a little. So... Around about the time that I became uh, heavily involved, around 2003, there was a, um, a decided change to make it more, uh, I suppose, accessible to locals who might be interested in the breakout story and to also make it accessible to young school students here in Cowra by breakout association members, particularly the veterans, visiting the schools and telling the stories. Now, we're very much a grassroots organisation. We have only a few active members. Uh, I suppose the easiest way that we um, we try and maintain um, our communication is via our Facebook page. 
uh, where we post photos of events that are happening at the prisoner of war camp. We also post uh, information about uh, the annual commemorative events. And uh, as you, you've probably seen yourself, the story of Ron Ferguson. I, uh, I posted that the other night just so people would know about uh, Ron's passing. So that's probably the easiest way to... Uh, to check what's uh, what's happening with the association, we do have a, a website. Uh, sorry, a, you know, an email address as well. But if you send a message through the Facebook page, either myself um, or our secretary, Mr. Harvey Nicholson, will respond. Usually within uh, about three or four hours of the message being posted. Right, Lawrence. Look, thank you for your time today and a fascinating insight into a piece of Australian uh, military history for World War Two. Thanks again. Oh, look, thanks, David. I really appreciate it. The uh, the Cowra breakout story uh, is a story that began with a tragic event and, and completely changed Cowra, where we now have this wonderful reconciliation uh, with the people of Japan. And I think it's, uh, you know, to to reflect on it, to see for its military action, but to also look on it as this transitional thing for the town of Cowra is very good. And we appreciate any publicity you can give in promoting that event. That's the podcast for today. We're keen to hear your feedback. That email again is info at thanksforyourservice.net or leave a comment on our Facebook page. And if you're listening to us via iTunes, please leave a review. Finally, if you're interested in sponsorship or support of this podcast, head to our website or email us. You can also support us via Patreon. That link is www.patreon.com. Thanks for your service. Thanks for listening. <laughs>